Hi, I'm Chelsea Neumeyer and I'm a time management and productivity coach. My goal is to help you go from overwhelmed to under control without a strict schedule or a bunch of productivity hacks. Each week, we'll talk about productivity mindset, actionable advice, my favorite resources, and you'll hear from guests just like you who are maximizing their limited resources. If you're anything like me, you're listening to this on the go, so check out the show notes and follow me on Instagram to learn more. Okay, let's start the episode. Hi, everyone. Today, I am so excited to be welcoming Jenny. She's a former architect turned mindful productivity coach, mental fitness instructor, and international keynote speaker. Her mission is to help high-achieving people find less stressful ways to be successful through neuroscience-based, mindfulness-infused approach to productivity. Jenny, I am so excited to have you on the show today. We have like all these weird connections. Plus, it's just fun to talk to another productivity nerd like myself. So thank you so much for being here. Welcome. Yes, thank you. And thank you so much for having me. I'm excited about it. Absolutely. Well, I know I just read your bio, but I'd love to hear in your own words about your journey and what inspired you to start your business. Since I was born, I was a really productive person. I'm a type A hyperachiever, overworker, like really strict upbringing. I was always the first one to finish all my assignments in university when I studied architecture. And it's always been like, this passion or this hobby. When I was working as an architect, I just started to write a blog about it. Blogging about productivity, positive psychology, just things that I read and wanted to share. But eventually, I really burned myself out as an architect. I was a young team lead. Um, I was managing people. I was working big projects. I was wanting to build my career, but eventually ended up working so many hours during my office hours, then working on the blog, working on side projects, working on this and this. And it was just too much. And I I just needed a break and decided to go into entrepreneurship, not what I'm doing today. I started my own like social enterprise, went through this whole startup route and mindful product, like productivity or leisure hacker, like the name of the blog and the name of my company today was always like a fun side project that I decided to do. But the more I went into entrepreneurship, I realized that this is what people struggle with. Like people struggle with getting things done and setting their goals and managing their time and managing their energy. And after I burned myself out, I started going on the opposite way, like learning more about mindfulness, how to slow down, how to not be as productive, how to rest, how to manage my energy, not always my time. And eventually came across the came across positive intelligence. I just took it for myself in the beginning. And the program I took was just life-changing. I was just, what is this? How have I not known this before? It made me, it it just changed my thought patterns in such a profound way in such a short time that I'm like, okay, I need to go and learn that. So I went, I became a positive intelligence or mental fitness coach. And kind of when time came to like decide what I want to do next, I decided it wasn't architecture and it wasn't startup world, but it was just sharing this knowledge with people. And the side hustle became my full-time, <laughs> full-time work. And this is what I do today. Share people, share with people my, all my knowledge and all my experience and just everything I learned through the years. Yeah. Oh, well, that's a great story. I was taking so many notes because there's so many things I want to jump back to. But first of all, I resonate strongly with the start of that story, just being that person that's 
you know, a hyperachiever type A, like, and it's so easy for to be in that place and burn yourself out because you're saying yes to everything. And it's, I always say too, like, it's not necessarily because you feel obligated. You just get excited. Is that you too? Like you were just excited by all these opportunities and projects and the potential. And the, and so, but then again, that that's a, it, it can very quickly turn into burnout. Exactly. I think, I think we also have most people that have this hyperachieving personality. Now I also know like the neuroscience behind it, but I think we also have this but I can do this mentality. Mm-hmm. Well, I can work 12 hours a day and I can do this project and this project. And just the fact that we can do something doesn't mean we should be doing this. And we should be more mindful about how we manage that time and energy. And sometimes, and this is something that took me years to understand that sometimes this hyper achieving qualities are actually is a setback. It's actually sabotaging us from being successful or as successful as we can be because a we go through this cycles of like i'm gonna work 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 no i'm burnt out then i need rest and it's just not setting a pace for us to move forward consistently rather than what i'm doing today that maybe i'm moving a bit slower but i've been running my current business for about five years now. And I have been consistent on a daily basis. Like I've been showing up on on Instagram, I'm posting like, and I haven't felt tired or I haven't Mm -hmm. felt unmotivated. That's because I know how to manage my energy that it's maybe a bit slower because I don't work 12 hours a day and I don't want to work that. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) But also sometimes when we're this like type A hyperachiever, again, maybe somebody can relate to that. Because you want to be really, really good. And this is how I was. I want to be like the best, maybe not the best, but really good at what I do. So I go like full on. My friends always laugh at me that I can like have a master's degree on everything I do, whether it's a like a DIY project or like, oh, I want to adopt a dog. Let me research everything there is about dogs in the world. Let me like get a degree in this. And then you go like full in. And then a lot of the time as entrepreneurs, this actually can hold us back because you you don't need to have like a degree in adopting dogs. You can just like read about it online, get the relevant information. I'm just sharing something <laughs> that is unrelated, but you can get like the relevant information and then just go and adopt the dog. You don't have to spend months researching. And when you're an entrepreneur, if every project takes like all of this time and all of your energy and all of your focus, then you're not actually moving forward as fast as you could if you knew how to kind of manage that, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. And I can think of so many examples. Again, we go down a whole other road with this, but do you also feel like sometimes all of that research, this is a totally side of our conversation, but is almost a form of procrastination? Uh, a thousand percent. <laughs> thousand percent because you're like i have to know all of this and that's actually the thought pattern that is holding us back you're like no no but i'm learning i'm getting all this knowledge i need this knowledge this is what our mind is telling us when in fact we don't we need maybe 20 percent of what we actually learn and then we can take action and that's the the most dangerous way of procrastination because you the excuses you're like but I'm working, I'm on my laptop, I'm doing this research, but yes, but you're not actually taking action. You're not actually moving forward. So you're not actually getting to the goal. And that's such a, because people that are 
like classic procrastinators, they're like, well, yeah, I'm sitting on my couch drinking coffee and watching Netflix. I know I'm procrastinating. I feel guilty about it. But when you're procrastinating in this like form of over learning or overthinking, sometimes it's just not even learning. It's just sitting with yourself and you're like, I have to overthink every scenario and make the best decision. You're not feeling guilty about it because you're like, no, no, this is what needs to be done. This is a good way of doing things. This is productive. But no, that's like, that's that's the mind fuck if I can. Sorry oh, yes, for, of my, <laughs> for my language. <laughs> yes, I see this all the time with clients and with my students. And then that and like, I call it like procrastinating. I didn't invent that term, but like when we're spending all of our time mapping something out instead of just doing it like you're 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 being you're like over strategizing things and that's that's my that's where I will fall into procrastination if I'm not aware of it and the same thing it feels good it feels productive because you can write like rewrite to-do list on your to-do list and then cross it out and you know if you're doing something you're but it's it's not actually the step you need to take in order to reach your goal so um yeah we can definitely dive more into into procrastination because I, I just, it's such a, it's such a fun topic for me to talk about because it's such a human experience. Like we all do it. And so as soon as you can start to recognize the patterns that it looks like, what it looks like, then it's just, it's much easier to kind of snap yourself out of it. But I want to jump back to your work in this positive intelligence space, because it's, it's so interesting and it's so unique and it's such a really cool way to think about how we can manage our energy and our time. So can you share a little bit more about what positive intelligence is and kind of more about your training? Literally my favorite topic. (laughs) (laughs) So positive intelligence or PQ for short is just like each of us has IQ and EQ, intelligence and emotional intelligence. We also have PQ, which is positive intelligence quotient. It's a measure of um, the quality and the strength of our positive thoughts versus our negative thoughts. We can actually measure it from one to 100% each point of the time, the day in our life, how many of our thoughts are moving us towards our goals and how many of them are hindering us. And I think we can agree that we can be super smart, very skillful, have all this knowledge, experience, whatever it is. But if we have our PQ score is low, meaning we have more negative, sabotaging, scattered thoughts than focused, calm, confident, focused ones, then we're not going to live up to our potential because we are going to sit down and we're going to procrastinate and we're going to overthink and we're going to doubt ourselves. And there's going to be this little voice in the back of our mind that's telling us like, what, you can't do that. So all of the things that people usually value, like knowledge and skills and strategy, actually is just our potential at every given moment. And PQ actually determines if we live up to that potential. So what I help people do is actually raise their PQ score, meaning having more positive, but positive for me is also productive, focused, calm, confident thoughts. And the way positive intelligence is kind of a combination of practices from neuroscience, positive and cognitive psychology, behavioral psychology, and original positive intelligence research done by the person who invented it, which is Shirzad Shamin, who's also my personal mentor and just like 
an, an incredible human being. Um, he did his research uh, in Stanford with over 500,000 people in the beginning. And he discovered that each of us, they actually mapped out the brain. So recent discoveries in functional MRIs allowed um, him and other psychologists and scientists to pinpoint the regions of our brain in charge of different thoughts. So we actually know right now which parts of our brain are in charge of our negative thoughts and of our positive thoughts. And once he discovered that, he can actually, like, once we can map it out, we can actually change the thought patterns in different parts of our brain. And he discovered that we all have nine automatic thinking patterns. Because think about it, we all have about, like, 60,000 thoughts per day. We can't, it's not in our conscious mind, right? We, mm-hmm. Otherwise, we'll, we'll just like go insane. So it's happening in the subconscious mind. But because as human beings, we are still hardwired for survival, our brain is hardwired in the way that most of these thoughts are processed through our survival brain, through the parts of our brain that are in charge of survival and are based in fear. So our brain is kind of, adapt to identifying more and more negative thoughts. And to make it easy for us, for our survival, we can kind of classify all thoughts to nine thought patterns. And that's if we're going back to the topic of productivity, because we can go about it in any topic, but in the topic of productivity, we have nine patterns of the way we can sabotage our productivity. So procrastination is one of them. But if you're listening right now and you're a procrastinator, which is we're, we're here for that. We call it the avoider because procrastination is just avoiding something that I need to do. When it's our job, we call it procrastinating. But in our personal life, we're going to avoid having hard conversation with our partner. Or we're going to avoid scheduling an appointment with the doctor because we don't want to hear what they have to say or going to the dentist or whatever it is. So the way we sabotage our work is usually the way we sabotage other parts of our lives. If we're coming back to the productivity, once, like you said, once we're aware of these patterns, we're like, okay, this is how, this is my go-to sabotaging pattern. With PQ, we know how to rewire these parts of our brain. So it's going to be easier for us to think different thoughts. Oh, that's amazing. That's so, I I love that we're able to to see that. And it was done in such a, with a, such a broad audience that it, it they were able to identify these patterns because it's it's absolutely true. I mean, even just anecdotally, right? You kind of can catch yourself in those loops, and so knowing that that can be changed is is very exciting for me. So, who do you who typically comes to work with you? Like, what are the types of clients that you work with, and and how do you walk them through some of these thought pattern changes? So, most of my clients are either entrepreneurs or solopreneurs. Or this is a change that has been like recent, the past um, about a year and a half, team leads or leaders that are working in high-tech companies, but a lot of them come in like the same point of like becoming a manager for the first time. Suddenly people like, I don't know, don't know how to manage all these tasks, their teams. So a lot of, of them coming to me as well. And I meet people where they are mostly Mm -hmm. if it's a one-on-one. So again, there's level of awareness. If I'm 
totally unaware. I'm like, okay, I don't know what's wrong, but I know like I'm not moving forward. Or some of people are more aware. They know they have ADHD or kind of a focus problem, or is it procrastination? And we can identify it together if people mm-hmm. don't know what's, what's stopping them. They're like, okay, I know there is a gap between where I am and where I want to be, but I don't know what this gap is, which is really, really common because a lot of the time, I've also experienced this, that you feel like there's like this glass bowl that you're keep hitting. You're like, I know what I need to do. I know where I want to go, but I'm just like not moving forward. Some of it is, is from this like procrastinate planning or whatever it is. So we kind of, the first step for me, everything with mindfulness is awareness, awareness of where I am, where I want to be, what is blocking me from getting there. And then we kind of work systematically on how to rewire those thought patterns. And the cool thing that this is what they discovered in PQ, and this is like why I love it so much, that we can completely change the map of our brain within a matter of six to eight weeks. So with the right practices, with the right exercises, it doesn't take long. We do it. Our basic training is 12 minutes a day, which is we spend so much more than that procrastinating or watching (laughs) Netflix or whatever it is. In a matter of eight weeks, if we take MRI imaging before and after, we can see a completely different rewiring of neural pathways in such a short time. This is like why I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed with it because a lot of the time, and I'm a person that's been to therapy for many years and done like talk coaching. And I'm also doing coaching, regular Mm -hmm. coaching myself, but this kind of uh, practice is just so powerful that you can like, okay, let me reset my brain. Let me create new neural pathway, which is the basic, because we're changing things at the root cause Mm -hmm. at our subconscious level. And then after that, we're like, okay, how can we implement it in our lives? How can we begin and uh, cultivate new, better habits? So then this is kind of like the process, but it's really, really systematic. And it just, I love how simple it is. Mm-hmm. Are many of the people who are coming to you, would they call themselves like the high achiever type A people? Or are they people who have been struggling for many years with this this type of um like with the energy management and, and with procrastination or is it a mix of, mix of both i think i would uh kind of separate those people into two groups so if we're talking about mindful productivity is all about balancing balancing everything so if we're talking about underproductive people people with procrastination adhd everything they they're really aware they're like if i have if I'm a procrastinator, I know I'm a procrastinator. They're like super aware. They're like, okay, no, this is what's holding me back. The people on the other end that are hyperproductive, that are hyper-rational or hyping achievers, they usually only come to me after they burn out. Yeah. Because they're like, no, I'm a go-getter. I can do this. I can work 16 hours a day. I'm then, and then they're like, okay, something isn't working. They're either burning themselves out or on, on, on the cusp of it, they're, they're like, I know I have to change things. And this is usually, and this is happily majority of my clients in the past couple of years. I think just because maybe I'm also attracting these kind of people because I can relate to it. And then we need to really work on energy management, stress management, mindfulness, PQ, and kind of find a, 
less stressful way to be as successful because those people, and I think like you and me can relate to that category. We don't want to let go of our aspirations. We still have goals. We still want to achieve them. So it's not a matter of like, oh, let's just lower our standard and lower our goals. And no, we want to find a better way to get to the same goals or change our goals accordingly. But it's not a matter of just like, oh, let's work half of the time and just hit half of the money if we're entrepreneurs. That's not what I'm Mm -hmm. about because I know this about myself. I still have high goals. I still want to achieve things. I still want to grow my business. I still want to double it every year, but I don't want to sacrifice my personal life as much, my relationship, my well-being. So it's all about finding just a better way to get things done. And it's possible. Yeah. I love that you said that. And I, I think that's just important for the audience to hear because I think that there's some, when I say productivity coach, I, I, like, again, there's those two groups, right? The people who know that they just need some additional strategies or tips or just best practices to help them raise their level of productivity, or there's that, that burnout group, right? Like that group that's been functioning at a hundred miles an hour for so long and they're so tired and they just know that there has to be a better way. And they seek us in, in the vein of, like wanting to be more productive when all we're going to do is say, yeah, you got to do less. Like, you know, we gotta. <laughs> And I, it's so hard to give that advice to people sometimes, but it's, it really is just like you said, it's, it's, we're not changing your goals per se, right? We're not changing your dreams or aspirations that life you want to live. We're not telling you to just, you know, work half the time. You know, I, I define productivity as working on the right thing at the right time. And that right thing is the the exact steps, right? So we're not getting distracted by the shiny objects, not taking on more than we can handle. And then the right time is that energy management piece. So when are you going to be most focused throughout the day or throughout the week? And, and how can we make sure that your schedule reflects that type of um, type of work? But yeah, it, it is really interesting to work with those two, those two groups and, and hear their reactions to the type of work that we do. Exactly. Yeah. I think also for the second group, It comes, it's a bit harder sometimes because it comes with like this just shift of paradigm of how we see productivity. Mm -hmm. Just understanding that rest is also productive. Like you have to take breaks. Like the other group, they're like, no, no, I know how I want it to look like, but I'm just struggling. Like you said, Mm -hmm. I need best practices. I need like tips. I need accountability, whatever it is. But our group, like the hyperachieving group, they're like, we have to completely change the way we view productivity and what does it mean to us and a lot of the time during this process the goals already change as well because we're like okay oh I can work I cannot work like I can not work on the weekends or I can rest and still hit my income goal this month well okay maybe I want to change things so yeah yeah Absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit about energy management because we've mentioned that a few times but I always love to get to the root of the definition, right? So when we're talking about energy management, what does that mean for you? Yeah. So not there's different ways to define energy and there's like the woo-woo way or, <laughs> but, but for me, it's a very, very practical approach. The way I see energy is just a more holistic way to manage ourselves. I always look at it at four pillars, which is physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual energy. And 
when we think about like what, why is this kind of like the next level of time management is I always like to say, like, imagine you're working one day for eight hours and you're this like productivity ninja. You get things done, you cross things off your to-do list. You're like in the zone. And then you work the next day, the same eight hours, but you get nothing done. So this time is the same time, but what is different is our energy. Whether it's our physical energy, maybe we haven't slept last night and we're tired and we're distracted, whether it's our emotional or mental energy, if we're thinking about what our partner said to us last night, or if we're overthinking or doubting, this is where PQ comes in really with the mental space of like where our mind is. Because if we're not focused and if we're not focused on the right things, we're not going to get a lot of things done at the time we're working. And the last part of spiritual energy, it's not religious or even spiritual. It's just more about like higher purpose. If I'm not passionate about what I do, if I don't believe in what I do, if I hate my job, then my motivation or my desire to get things done will actually be lower and sabotage what I am getting done. Because I can be very good at whatever it is, even parts of my business. But if I really don't want to do it, or if I have resistance to it, that's not going to work. So what I love about energy management, it's that it's more of a holistic approach around everything that is us as human beings. Because when we're talking about productivity, yes, we have systems. Yes, we have strategies. Yes, we have all these tools, which are amazing and are much needed. But first of all, we're we're us, we're humans, especially if we're entrepreneurs and the business is literally us. If we're tired, the business is tired. If we're stressed, the business is stressed. So we first have to manage ourselves. And for me, maybe the more the better definition of energy management is self-management or self-mastery. And then when we master that, everything is going to be easier. Yeah. I, I think that's such a thoughtful breakdown of it because that example of being really, really productive one day and then the next day you're crash, right? You're tanked. You can't, you just can't get that level done. So many of us, especially as entrepreneurs, I feel like you can, you can spend a lot of time beating yourself up, right? And mm-hmm. putting a lot of blame on yourself for, oh my gosh, like, why can't I get anything done? Why can't I focus? You know, and, and again, it's really just making sure that we're doing the work that you teach and taking that step back to say, like, okay, what's actually going on? Like, what do I actually need in this moment? Um, maybe it's just a walk. Like, what can, what can give me energy right, right now? Is it a phone call with a friend? Is it a walk outside? Like, what, what can re-energize you in the moment? What can you remove off your plate for the day and, and try again tomorrow so that you're again not beating yourself up? for not being as quote unquote productive as you need to be, right? What can we reschedule and adjust for? I'm actually learning a lot about, like as a woman, our cycles impact our productivity throughout the month. And so how can we even put some thought and intention around what we're doing, depending on where we are in our cycles. And so all, all so many things play, put a, play a factor into our energy on a day-to-day basis that it's, I spent a long time assuming I was going to have the same level of productivity every single day. And like, it's just not true. It's just not true. Exactly. And it's also about being mindful about what actually like impacts our productivity. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you said, maybe we're, we're thinking like, oh my God, I, I'm going to get so much done today. 
but then I'm on my period or like our period affects it. But sometimes it's just the smallest thing. I'll always love to give this example. Um, a couple of years ago, there was research done in the University of London that they took two groups and tested how water affects productivity. And they discovered that if we're, we don't have to be dehydrated, but if we're not drinking the, the minimum amount of water during the day, they discovered that there's a difference of 15% in our productivity. That three glasses of water a day extra, like getting to the minimum amount, can increase our productivity by 15%. That's so much. That's like the easiest thing a person can do. Drink extra three glasses of water a day and boom, your productivity is increased. And when we're looking at like this and like the food we eat and how much we sleep and our cycle and all of this, even like on the basics level, we can already increase our productivity levels by 50%. That's already half the time. Like that's crazy. A lot of the time. And that's like what I say that let's change the way we look at productivity. Because yes, we have systems and strategies and everything like that. But if you are tired and your eyes are like shutting down at 4 p.m. because you haven't had your coffee or snack or water, you're not going to be able to to actually like even manage or operate your to-do list. And sometimes it's just the smallest things. And once we're aware of it, we're like, okay, how can I make sure that I'm at my best so I can actually perform at my best? Yeah. And it, it's just a good reminder that we're not robots, right? Like the, the definition of productivity, if you look in the dictionary, is like essentially about creating widgets. Like it's essentially about like getting, you know, it's a very industrial term about output. And that's not human. That is that is machines operating. And that's why I like what I'm coaching. It's really that that mindset, right? Like what how how do you what value do you put on productivity? And where did that come from? Right. Like I always say like my parents still don't know how to sit still. Like I was just, that's what I saw growing up was like that go, go, go. Like you, you get to rest when all your work is done, but then you're in that cycle of like keep adding work to do. And so you never get to that rest. And so we can think back to those, those moments, but you know, now you get to, you get to change that story. You get to rewrite those thoughts. You get to approach your, especially if you're an entrepreneur, you don't have to work nine to five. You don't have to, you can, you can adjust your schedule to, best reflect when in the day you're going to feel most focused so that you can get the things that you need to be your most productive and most efficient self throughout the day. And I think so it's so easy for us, especially if you had a nine to five job to just all like transition into entrepreneurship and all of a sudden you're working, you know, nine to nine um, if you're not paying attention. So I think that's, that's really, really helpful to think about energy in those different pillars and just again, stop beating yourself up right out of the gate. Just say like, okay, what do I need? All right. Well, I mean, I feel like we could talk for like about so many different things. I've, <laughs> I'm going to ask about your own personal productivity, but when you're working with clients, what types of things are you like consistently seeing as they're, as they're doing kind of some of the practical work of, you know, sitting down to kind of plan out their week? Do you see any kind of regular problems or challenges that people are facing in their day? Maybe like the the common thing is the the size of the goals that people um, mm-hmm. set for themselves, if, especially if we're talking about people that are 
let's talk about entrepreneurs or mm-hmm. like if you're just a ambitious, high, high achieving person, a lot of the time, and again, it comes from this push mentality of like, I need to push myself. I need to do more. I can do more. So I will do more. And then again, that creates this cycle. And you can look at it at any habit. If you ever started running and then paused for a couple of months, you're like, at the beginning, you have this like energy of like, yes, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to run every day. I'm going to post on Instagram every day. I'm going to do this and this and this. And then our motivation or our willpower like goes down. So the two things that I see is a combination of, again, the strategy of how to set smaller goals, but to build new reference point. So we can still achieve this goal. Maybe it's going to take us a little more time, but it's going to be sustainable because again, it's the way we look at goals. Sometimes we have a goal like, hey, I want to hit this. But a lot of the time when we're looking at entrepreneurship, it's about consistency. It's about creating a lifestyle of everything, our habits, our work habits. It's not just something like, because once we reach this goal, whether it's an income goal or whatever it is, there's going to be a next one and a next one and a next one. So we need to understand how we create good, sustainable habits for ourselves. And the other part, and this is where PQ comes, we call it PQ, it's the measure of mental fitness. So I, for myself and for every client I have, I don't like to rely on motivation or Mm -hmm. on willpower or just like pushing ourselves through it. Because the difference is that we need to have mental muscles to hold kind of a long period of work. If we have a big goal, if we want to scale our business, if we want to start our business, whatever it is, we have to have mental strength. And when I talk about mental strength or fitness, it's not the same as mental health. It's totally different. And I do want to like emphasize the difference because if we're thinking about physical health or physical fitness, I can be really, really physically healthy There's nothing wrong with me. But if I'm not physically fit, when I'm going to try to climb a mountain or lift weights, I'm either not able to do that or I'm going to feel physical stress, right? I'm going to hike to the top of the mountain. I'm going to get there hyperventilating, sweaty, whatever it is. The same thing with our mind. We can be mentally healthy. There's nothing mentally wrong with us or have a problem. But if we're not mentally fit, when we're trying to handle a challenge in work and life, we're going to feel mental stress. We're going to get there hyperventilating or sweaty. (laughs) Or when we're talking about our mental fitness, it's burnout, stress, just mental stress or anxiety or whatever it is comes because we're not mentally fit enough. Because if we have strong mental muscles, we can hold any challenge with much, with greater ease And we can handle bigger and bigger challenges the more our mental fitness grows and grows, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. I've never heard that breakdown, but that makes makes so much sense. And yeah, I love that. That's such a great way to think about it and to make sure... I I think words are so important, right? So if mental health is something that we can very easily get thrown around a lot, right? Like self-care. Those words get thrown around a lot and then they get diluted into what the actual meaning is. And so I love it when someone can bring in a really solid definition and give those examples. So thank you for breaking that down. That's that's a really great way to think about it. 
Okay, so my other favorite part of this podcast is to kind of go behind the scenes and talk to entrepreneurs about what their personal productivity looks like. So would you mind walking us through a normal kind of day or week in your life? Yes. So I always say normals in quotations, right? Yeah. My favorite part about my days and my weeks that are that they're actually like really fluid and flexible and depends on like my calls. But because I am based in Tel Aviv in Israel, and most of my clients are from Europe or the States or Canada. So my working hours change accordingly that, but the best part is I'm a morning person and my morning is like mine. So I always start my morning with um, my PQ practice, uh, which is just like little brain push-ups to get my mental muscles stronger and stronger. Uh, sometimes meditation, sometimes journaling, movement most days, whether it's yoga or just walking, taking a walk at the beach. I live really close to the beach, which is like my favorite part of the day. Mm -hmm. So my mornings are really about me because also if we're talking about energy management, you can't pour from the empty cup. If you start your morning with work or with giving to others, which is amazing, but your energy tank is empty or really low, you're not going to be at your best. So my morning times are really for me to give to myself so I can give to others, uh, which is also an interesting reframe. It's not like a lot of people think like, oh, I don't have time for it or it's selfish. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing this like quote unquote self-care for myself. I'm doing it so I can be the best coach for my clients. So I can be the best person for my friends, for my family, for whatever it is. Like I want to show up at my best. So I need to invest in myself. So this is the mornings. Then usually I have client calls or groups or workshops that I teach. That's a typical, I only work four days a week, which is kind of, I have a long weekend. I think that's, that's like the the main, like two parts of my day. Nice. I love that. It's really helpful to see how entrepreneurs are making sure that they give themselves that time. I love, I always say that you can't pour from an empty cup, right? It's self-care is not selfish, right? We have all these kind of like quippy things that we say, but they are true and they're so, so important. And finding that those times throughout your day to just reset, recharge so that you can show up the best for your, for your clients. So I love that. Cool. Very, very cool. Um, and I also live near the beach and that is, it is just rejuvenating. Yes. It's the best. Yeah. <laughs> that's like the best therapy. Like you need to, like I'm for therapy, but also like go and smell the beach once a week. It's going to do great for your mental health and mental fitness. Yeah. Well, it goes back to that water, right? I mean, it's yes, hydration, but also I think just being near water is, is a powerful, I don't know, de-stressor or something. Source of energy. Source of energy. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. Um, Okay, great. I have a couple of rapid fire questions. You already answered this first one, but are you a morning person or a night person? Oh, morning person, for sure. <laughs> I see like wake up, hit the ground, like wake up, ready to roll. No, I actually now enjoy slow mornings, mm-hmm. but past like 10 p.m. I'm like, no, don't talk to me. Like, no. <laughs> awesome. All right. Are you pen and paper or all digital for your pen planning? And yeah. And then what's your favorite way to relax? I'm going to answer in a smart ass way because I'm a coach, <laughs> but going back to the energy management we talked about, it depends like what, what do I need? Like 
does my body need like sometimes yoga? It's mm-hmm. a way, great way for me to relax or just to walk at the beach. But sometimes like my mind needs this relaxation. So it's going to be journaling, maybe like my soul or my emotions. So it's going to be just like watching a silly, like a funny comedy on Netflix and just like relaxing. So it really depends like what part of me, what part of energy needs different relaxations. But yes, I'm an introvert. So I'm just like such a whole body. So everything that is like super chill and like that's, that's life for me. <laughs> I love that. I think that's really important. That's really important though. And no one's ever answered it with depends on what I need, right? Like I think we all have our go-tos, but it's important to recognize like, again, what do I actually need in this moment to, to feel cared for and, and rejuvenated? So that's great. Well, Jenny, this has been such an fun conversation. I learned so much. I was taking all kinds of notes. And so I'm sure the audience was as well. Um, where can people find you to learn more about you and, and work with you if they're interested? So I'm on Instagram at uh, Leisure Hacker and also my website, leisurehacker.com. Um, mostly on Instagram or on LinkedIn, Jenny Wrightson. I'm sure it's going to be in the show notes yes. somewhere. Yep. Um, just send me a message on Instagram. If you listen to this podcast, tell me what you learned. I love to connect them there. So feel free. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. And it was great to chat with you. Um, so thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for enjoying another episode of From Overwhelmed to Under Control. I hope you're feeling one step closer to your goals. Don't forget to check out the show notes and follow along on Instagram at Chelsea and Coaching. I look forward to talking to you soon.